Ori, we thank God for his majesty. Um, <laughs> the, sun, the sun has been shining. It's been, the time has changed. We have longer, brighter days now. Hallelujah. Amen. So we just look, we're excited about this springing in. Mm -hmm. Springtime is upon us. Springtime is upon us. We thank God for that. Amen. How many people enjoy spring? Uh, just put a thumbs up or say, say springtime. It's springtime spring in your comment box. Praise spring God. Time. Hallelujah. So we thank God for spring. Spring is beautiful. Uh, the spring, the leaves are coming back. The birds are chirping brighter. The colorful birds are coming out. Uh, <laughs> there's such a, just a joy in the air, in the atmosphere, um, even out in the community. We got children and families out there in the neighborhood uh, that are out side now speaking because the weather is good for being outdoors uh we just thank god for his beauty we thank god for the ability to keep us and preserve us and protect us how he has been doing it and how he will continue to do that so we just want to honor god for that and for those who are uh, facing challenges whether it be health or the loss of family members or loved ones because of the virus pandemic or any other reason we pray strength for your life because we know how that is. And even though it's spring, the seasons don't change the hurt that's inside because of life situations. So we're praying for life and strength, hope and renewal for all who are listening as a part of this uh, ministry in Life Nation. Hallelujah. Okay. So we are here again uh, in another installment of our series, Breaking barriers to relational wellness uh last week was amazing even the week before that when prophet shante put her piece of it in it was amazing so uh i hope that you have got a chance to either be a part of last week or go back and review last week because there were so many nuggets that we introduced that i can't go back and rehearse all those things again today but the beautiful thing is that breaking barriers we know breaking we know that um, there's limitations, there's boundaries that happen. And what we are doing here, uh, we are, what we're trying to do today is because, you know, and through this series, because we've had so many um, toxic experiences through the media, through politics, um, through religious uh, zealots all around the nation and the, and the world, um, you know, relations, have gotten very, very intense and divisive with each other. Um, the scripture talks about, Jesus said that, you know, one of the signs of the end times when the love of many will wax cold. So what we're here to do is that even though we know the world is going to um, challenges in the handbasket, to say the least, as believers and as those who want to follow in the ways of Christ and in the Lord, you know, there is joy. There's joy unspeakable. There's joy full of glory that is a part of our lives regardless of what situation we're in or what the world around us is engaging in. Um, mm -hmm. Even with the, even there's large debates in the community where family members are, are warring against one another. You know, these are the kind of things that um, it should not be so. We know that in life we have challenges, in life situations come up. But the thing about it is we gotta, even though we have challenges, even though there are 
things that we may not see eye to eye on. There is a relational wellness that we can obtain. You know, there's a boundary for where your personal opinion doesn't have to destroy someone else's life. Amen. Mm-hmm. You know, when we say breaking barriers, you know, we don't need, you know, there's barriers to break and there's barriers to maintain, boundaries to maintain in order for relational wellness to occur. You know, this is just from the Holy Spirit. What's going on in your life and the things that you deal with in your particular lifestyle, your particular mindsets, okay? Yes, God uh, breathes through us. Yes, the Holy Spirit lives in us. But we all are not a monolith. Everybody is not to think exactly alike. We are not robots. Mm-hmm. So there are things we're going to see differently. There are, you know, ideas that may, be, that may vary in our opinions, even though we are believers, Okay. So what we have to understand is that there are some things that we have to break through. So love can break through all. The love will conquer all. Love will sit there and penetrate every barrier that there is. And there's a level of uh, uh, self-control, restraint. There's things that, you know, for instance, in your life, and your personal lifestyle, that you don't necessarily have to um, enforce or litigate or police in others. If someone eats fried chicken and you don't eat fried chicken, y'all need to have a fallout whether fried or baked. Okay? If some of y'all like raisins in your um potato salad. And potato salad? <laughs> great. If some people like sugar on your grits, fine. Okay. We don't have to sit there and war on things that are just totally uh unnecessary to break down great human relationships. So anyway, back to a real quick review, just real short. Um, Relations is, like we said, the most powerful definition we had last week was that it is connection and actually correspondence in the original late 14th century as far as the entomology. It's the act of telling. It's to report it's about bringing back. It's about restoring. So when we talk about relationship, it's a, it's a restorative process, which means that what we do, we build one another. Mm-hmm. We tell is how we relate is how we tell our lives to another person, and how someone else's lives speaks to us. When we say connection, it's about communication. How we how our lives commune with one another. That's what relationship is about. You know, when people talk, you know, the old adage, it's about religion, it's about relationship, not religion, is very important because religion, as we've spoken in previous sessions, religion seeks to divide and wants to divide at the point of death Whereas relations is us telling each other, yes, we love you. Our lives communicating with one another says we can relate, we can commune, we can engage in one another and still be healthy, even though we may have differences. Okay? So that's the main thing that we want to rehearse in our minds today. And I want to repeat the definition for wellness. Wellness. Wellness is the act. It's an action of practicing Healthy habits on a daily basis, not just 
during the cookout, <laughs> you know, a spring cookout or, or summer cookout on a daily basis to attain better physical, mental, and mental health outcomes. So that not just you surviving, that you will also thrive. So that's what we want to have. Wellness is for us to have relationships that thrive over the duration of our existence here on earth. Okay, so we have to understand that God says, Jesus said that you people will know us by the love we have for one another. The way you care for someone, the way you act towards someone, the way you deal with someone in, in the community. You know, people are watching. Mm -hmm. And when they're watching, they're watching how you relate, how you deal with them, how, I mean, you know, are you rude? Are you condescending? Or are you engaging? Are you kind? Are you dismissive? It's almost like when you think about the Good Samaritan. You know, it was the religious who just simply didn't have time for those they didn't know. Because they were busy with their religion. That they didn't want to relate with anybody outside of their religious box. As Prophet Shante said, you're for no more. Many people have adopted a mindset where we're just about ours and nobody else. That's not how the world works. We are all interconnected in some type of way. Okay? Now, that's one thing I want to share. Another thing we said in, our, in a quick... Yes, ma'am, Prophet. I was going to say, um, I appreciate the fact that you brought up the um, the parable or the, the story of the Good Samaritan. Because the, the thought that goes through my mind when you talk about that is sometimes we settle for the mediocrity or we settle for gutter behavior in our relationships mm. and we just stop there and we say this is how things are or this is how it's just the way it is or it's just the way i am and it doesn't leave room for growth or development or change mm -hmm. and the other important thing about the good samaritan which we're you can study that in your time. But the Good Samaritan, the very term itself, the very term of this story itself, the Good Samaritan, in some circles is like a is, is an irony because Samaritans were seen as the second class citizens. They were not seen as people with worth. They were the underclass. They were the people that were supposed to be beneath a certain status of life than the Hebrews, okay? And what happens is, is that when you say the Good Samaritans, then you have the Samaritan environments or, you know, the red line, because redlining was there even in those days back then. The Samaritans are over here, but we're over here. You don't hang out with those Samaritans over there. You don't sit there and and look at them or, or like them or engage or relate with them or commune with them. You take the long way around the Samaritan neighborhoods. You take the long way around, exactly, the Samaritan neighborhoods. God, thank you, Jesus, for this interaction. Um, and so what happens is the good Samaritan, the one who was supposed to be the underclass, the, the beneath human status person, was the one who had the compassion to relate with someone in need. Whereas the people who were the upper class or those who were 
the well-to-dos or those to the acceptable majority of society at that time, they were too busy to engage with someone who was hurting. So fast forward that couple thousand years or so, look at today, we'll see a life where we have people who are considered an underclass, even in our nation. We have had political wars because one party says that these individuals who you are considering you know, subhuman or underclass are not. They are equal citizens in a nation that we are to respond to and serve. And people were fighting wars and using religion and using fake tongues and using uh, prophetic uh, uh, actions. Like the seven sons of Sceva, they were trying to do things using religious tactics in order to empower their disassociation and disrelations with others. Mm -hmm. And see, that's what God said, not so. That's why it was such an embarrassment to the world because people became self-centered about appreciating other components, human beings in humanity. God always will have humanity stand on top where we support one another. Any sect of humanity that tries to oppress another, God hears the oppression and he responds. So that's why the Good Samaritan, even in two situations, was the Good Samaritan who helped people. It was the Samaritan woman that Jesus came and sat down with at the well, who was the very first evangelist in history of Christ. Because she was the first to spread a message about Christ, not just follow him, but to hear from him and then go out and spread his message to her community. So in essence, we have to understand is that God will use humans, especially those who humble themselves, because even though the Samaritans were considered a second class, they did not try to boast themselves or out identify themselves beyond what other people saying about them that they were negative. Okay, if you understand, let me just say that in another way. Just because someone says that you're second class does not mean you have to accept that ideology from another. And it also means that you don't have to act like you're superior to the person who's treating you negatively. So that was very important because the Good Samaritan posted a broke, you know, downtrodden. Just think about a black man in America, George Floyd, literally is like a Good Samaritan. Breonna Taylor, literally like the woman at the well, okay? They were people who were harmed and damaged by, quote unquote, upper class citizens who considered them worthy of death. God says he hears when people are considered or belittled by another class of individuals and people, and he will have the last say in these type of things. Praise God. Amen. Let me just keep moving forward because I don't want to get stuck on that. There's more to share with that, which we can share throughout the week through our Daring Dialogues broadcast with Prophet Shantae. All right. Now, as we said, the two greatest 
components of needs of humanity. One is, is appetite. There's the appetite to keep your body energized to live, which is we consume food and water or liquids for us to be able to regenerate. Food produces and water produces regeneration. So we have an appetite to be regenerated physically. And there also is the same thing. There's an appetite to be regenerated relationally. God said it's not good for man to be alone. So when you don't feed relationship, which is a necessary aspect of humanity, it dies. Relations die. You're, you're unable, unable to relate to others. You're unable to be at peace with yourself because relationships help bring us whole. It's the community coming together at what makes us whole. The, one, the beautiful thing about 2020 is you saw pretty much every facet of the nation come together to support and to speak out against violence especially violence against those who are unarmed and innocent. So that's how relationships build up so much in this nation to where we had a shift in our national leadership. Because mm -hmm. a national leadership is concerned about relating to all, mm -hmm. caring for every person that's represented within the nation that they are assigned to serve. And that's why we have a better um there's a better spirit amongst people in their relations with one another because what's happening at the top. All right. Now, we have to understand in our relations, um, there's multiple types of relations. OK. And what we need not do is try to fuse everything into one box. There's many layers to relationship. Like last week, we broke down uh, relationships like lasagna. There's many layers. And in between each layer, there's sauce and there's vegetables and there's spices within each layer. And I've never seen a one-layered lasagna. <laughs> <laughs> You've never seen a one There's many layers. The, the taller, the thicker it is, the better it is to your appetite. Making and, me hungry, Charles. Okay? Praise God. Now, as we said last week, briefly, that the most significant element of the lasagna yes we have the 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 pasta waves the wafer the large flat pieces of pasta but the most significant thing that reaches every layer is the sauce the sauce is on top the sauce goes between each and every layer praise god and that sauce is really what makes the ingredients of that entire um, dish delicacy make that's what makes it what it is. It's the sauce. Praise God. So when we look at the sauce, God says the sauce in relationships is His anointing. Mm -hmm. Without the anointing of God, because. Without the anointing, first of all, God made man in his image. God made human beings so he could relate to himself 
in another environment. So the whole essence of the Spirit of God is there to commune himself to the world, to relate himself to the world. So when we have his spirit, we have a spirit of relating to others, to reaching and to connecting with others, not about isolation. Praise God. Praise the Lord. So just one second here. Praise God. Hallelujah. The anointing of God is what Christ had. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. And why was the Spirit of the Lord upon him? To preach good tidings. Mm -hmm. Someone put that scripture up on the screen somewhere, praise God, in the, in the, in the box somewhere. The Spirit of God came upon Christ so that he can communicate to others. So when we have the Spirit of God, the Spirit of God is for us not to be in isolation, but for us to connect to others. Just like the sauce connects to the layers of the lasagna. Mm -hmm. Now, in today's message, when we look at it, what is a sauce? Uh, there's a great definition. I mean, there's a, there's a scripture in Exodus chapter 30. Um, that I want to read. I started last week, but I want to go into it in detail today. When we talk about the anointing of God, even before the Spirit dispensed itself to all flesh, as it talks about in Joel 2 and 28, there is the reference of the anointing in his representation in the tabernacle. Okay, days of Moses. So that's what this Exodus 30 about. It talks about the anointing and how to make it. All right, verse 23 of Exodus 30. Let's look at this. Talking about the anointing. Exodus 30, verse 23. Take the best spices of liquid, of liquid myrrh, 500 shekels of sweet scented cinnamon half as much 250 shekels and of fragrant calamus 250 shekels and of cassia 500 shekels in terms of the sanctuary shekel and of olive oil a hen and look at this verse 25 and you shall make these a holy anointing oil. A gallon of olive oil. A gallon of olive oil. A holy anointing of oil. A perfume compounded after the art of the perfumer. Oh my God, this is good. A perfumer skillful blend. Look at this. It shall be a sacred anointing oil. Verse 31, down to verse 31. And say to the Israelites, hallelujah, oh my God, I feel the glory of God. My Jesus. Say to the Israelites, this is a holy anointing oil, symbol of the Holy Spirit. 
sacred to me alone throughout your generations. So guess what? Individuals, Prophet Shante, I, I know I'm going to get to you in just a second. Hallelujah. <laughs> the anointing of God is not stank. God ain't anoint you to be stank. <laughs> he ain't anoint you for people to kiss you behind where the stankness comes from. People swear that you have to be rude, disrespectful, disheartening, and just rude and just ruthless to people because you're anointed. Mm. They actually think that's a sign of the anointing. But... That is not. The sign of the anointing is expense and sweetness, savor and fragrance. That's what is sacred to God. A sweet smelling savor. Prophet. I want to read a couple verses past that. Okay. Because I think this is important All when right. we talk about how this oil relates to the spirit. Mm -hmm. He said, consecrate the sons, consecrate them as priests to me. This is, this oil belongs to the believer because we know that we are in the priesthood of the believer. So it's not, at this point, it's not just Aaron and his sons. The spirit is available to all. But then he says, don't pour it on ordinary men. Don't copy this mixture just to use for yourselves. In other words, don't prostitute the spirit. It's holy. Keep it holy. Whoever mixes up anything like it or puts it on an ordinary person will be expelled. And so when you think about the purpose of the oil, the purpose of the oil was to express a level of consecration, a level of holiness. It was for people who were reverently worshiping God. And it was for people who understood the seriousness that went behind the oil being on them. It wasn't for play. It wasn't for entertainment. Mm -hmm. It was to express the, the, the nature that I am dedicated to God. And so I think, you know, when we talk about the spirit, I think sometimes we do a disservice to the spirit by treating this as if it's some common thing. Mm -hmm. It's not a common thing that the Holy Spirit resides on the inside of you. That's good. And like I said, when we talked about, God said, this is a symbol. Not that this is it. This is a symbol. It's a representation of what the Holy Spirit is there to do. The Holy Spirit, like it says in Joel 2, 28, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, which means that God will not segregate who he gives his spirit to. It's available to all. But once you receive that spirit, there's a level of consecration there's a level of reverence and there's a level of communion with one another that occurs once you have it. The greatest of two commandments, love God with all thy heart, thy soul, and thy mind, and thy strength. And two, love thy neighbor as thyself. And it takes the anointing to love one another. 
the anointing, the sacredness of God in you, his spirit in you helps you to be able to relate to others in a dignified, healthy, relational way. Okay, so when we look at this anointing, as we said, the anointing is not there to boast separation and strife and political ideology or or religious ideology or sectors and divisions or racism or segregation. That's not what the anointing of God is for. The sweet, have, I mean, my prophet Shantan that we've had we actually have a little bit left of liquid myrrh and frankincense, the very gifts that were given to Christ when he, by the wise men. Okay, it smells absolutely amazing. Mm -hmm. There is no perfume I've ever smelled. I'm not really a perfume guy, but there is no fragrance I've ever smelled like that of natural myrrh or natural frankincense. It is the most beautiful smell that you can pretty much experience. It's amazing. So what happens is when God sits there and puts his spirit upon you, he makes you fragrant to others. Fragrant means you are inviting to others. You don't repel others. And one of my previous employers, there was a government employment agency I worked with. There was young one man who, based on his culture, they did not use deodorant at all. And whenever he came, you can you can experience him coming virtually all the way down the hallway before he even arrives. His office, you had to literally go outside, gas some air to be able to go into his office and he couldn't stay in his office very long because you feel like you were going to pass out because of the odor of not using from not using deodorant. He was repulsive to people and he really didn't care. And everybody in the world knew that do not engage in close relations with this individual if you can. Because it literally will make you gasp. The Spirit of God is not there to repel people. The Spirit of God is not there to make people gasp and can't breathe. The Spirit of God, you don't have the Spirit of God if you're causing people not to be able to breathe. The fact that people say, I can't breathe, as it relates to your life, means that you are odorous, not fragrant. Okay, so let me not go on that too far, but let's look into some of the ingredients that it talks about. Let's see what, what, how much time we have here. We have, okay, it is about 20 more minutes. All right, we have various things that he picked out that God said to pick out. God is very specific. He didn't just say, go pick this and pick that, pick that, just to kind of, you know, arbitrarily. There's very significant meanings behind each one of these fragrances, okay? Myrrh. Let's look at myrrh. The very first spice, one of the best spices there is, that what is what is it? Myrrh is a sweet smelling 
but it's a medicinal gum spice. It's a, med a medicinal, sweet-smelling gum spice. It smells sweet, but it's bitter to the taste. It's identified as the balm of Gilead. One of the most profound uses of myrrh, which many people don't really pay attention to, was in the purification process of Esther or Hadessa. The woman who was set and captured the heart of the king, Jehoshaphat. That's 2 and 12. Look at this. Myrrh, it cleanses blood. Look at that. It cleanses blood. It heals external wounds. Oh my God. So it cleans blood stains and it heals external wounds. So when you look at myrrh, it's very natural characteristics. It's one of healing. We're not here to bloody up people. Many people, like the Good Samaritan, they're, the man, uh, robbers came upon this individual and hurt him and attacked him. And myrrh was a heal, is a healing spice. So literally, your life being anointed is to help bring healing to others. The very presence of your life being anointed, many people tell me, they say they don't know what it is about me, but something about me is very calming and very peaceful. Brings a certain peace when I'm around them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Prophet Shante can attest to it. Mm -hmm. Many times in many places, we're in the restaurant and little children come, coming to our table just to come talk to me or wave at me. Don't even know me from Adam. <laughs> As a matter of fact, just this weekend on Friday uh, afternoon, I was out there just doing some stuff on the inside of the car with wax, I mean, cleaning up the leather. And he just kept coming down here and swore I was an Avenger. When he come down, tell me, you know, about the Avenger, and he start saying Captain America, and he start, then he start talking about the food he had that his dad got for him that they're going to have. And I'm like, why is he telling me all this? <laughs> well, there is a certain peace and a certain healing virtue that he received by being in my presence. Very similar things with Prophet Shante. There's people that said her presence just brings a certain peace to them. When you're filled with the Spirit of God, you will your presence is inviting, not repelling. Your presence is one that, whether people recognize or not, brings healing to their lives. I've had so many people, uh, there's a situation, there's a uh, time when I had uh, a Lord gave me a test. He said, go work in this type of environment. I'm like, what? That's not my career path. That's not the kind of work I do. Yeah, I did work like that before I went to college when I was in high school in order to save money for college or whatsoever, but this is not what I do. 
So I, but I said, Lord, okay, yes, Lord. I gave my yes, Lord. And in the process of doing that, I worked in a retail environment and it turned out that for some reason, my presence in this retail environment shifted the whole entire paradigm of the national brand where the president himself came down to give me a medal and a distinction. And my name became known amongst all the other stores because of how much healing happened in people. We had little children that came to me that were telling mom, please go to the store because we want to see the, this guy, the tall guy. There were children who wanted to come and read their very first scripture in the Bible to me and sit down next to me. There were, I mean, <laughs> it's so many stories, testimonies of goodness that God showed me in my dealings with over 150,000 people. There were people who would come to me and wait in line wrapped around the entire large box store just to deal with me because they wanted prayer. While they were in line, while I'm ringing up their stuff, I'm saying a prayer for them, and they're hold, they grab my hand, and I'll pray with them while I'm ringing up stuff. And there's, I mean, <laughs> people wrote letters to the president of the corporation mm -hmm. about how their lives were transformed, that they were healed. I would go around, people walk in the store, I'll say hello, and they'll start crying. I'm like, what is this? But it was the, the, the component of healing in the anointing of God that drew people to me or those who are filled with his spirit and it changed the paradigm, okay? So we have to understand in our lives, we must be fragrant. There's an act of healing that we bring. We can't bring hurt to other people. Whether, let me just rephrase that. We don't, we may have been hurt or we may have had hurtful situations in our lives, but because God brings restoration to us in our lives, when people are experiencing certain things, there is a medicinal healing that occurs to them because of our presence, Prophet. I was just going to say that hurting people should not be a part of our resume. Exactly. Like, no one should be when your name comes up, no one should say, oh yeah, that's the mean one. No one should say, you have to watch out for them because their words will slice and dice you and you'll come away from an encounter with them feeling worse mm. than when you came before them. <laughs> That shouldn't be a part of our resume. And it also shouldn't be something that if that is occurring, it also shouldn't be something we're proud of. Exactly. We shouldn't be proudly announcing <laughs> that we're mean or we're rude or we're savage or we're ratchet. That's not, that's not something where we should be wanting applause in that area. Go ahead, Pastor. There's no such, I've never heard of the ratchet church of God, you know, um, that's not what we're about. So uh, hopefully you're getting something from this. There's a lot more to go here. Praise God. Look at this. The next ingredient that God said, because look at this. Myrrh was a very significant amount, 500 shekels. All right, so that's big. That's a big ingredient. Now cinnamon, it said half as much as myrrh. So cinnamon was half as much as myrrh, 250 12, shekels. 12 and a half pounds of myrrh. 
12 and a half pounds. Think about it. When you look at a vial of perfume, usually four to eight ounces is what a vial of perfume is. Like, you know, that's mm -hmm. like that or like this tall. Now think about... 12 and a half pounds. How many ounces are in a pound? Of liquid myrrh. Okay. Think about that. When you think about a gallon of milk, think like 12 think for for a reference, think about think about 12 gallons of milk. Okay, we know what a milk carton is, look like a, you know, milk bottle. Think about that. 12 of those to make this ingredient. But anyway, let's go on. Cinnamon is an expensive and sweet smelling sweet tasting bark. So here we have something that's a little different. Myrrh was sweet smelling, but it was bitter, the taste. Cinnamon was sweet smelling, and it was sweet tasting. So even though sometimes in our lives, we people may not, people may get our fragrance, but sometimes we may have words to bring healing that is hard for them to taste. There's some things, there, sometimes there's some things that you may have to share with people, not being rude, not being disrespectful, but yes, you are drawn to them and sometimes telling people the truth about things that may need help with. In my case, a lot of times God deals with me about health and health care. Okay, a lot of times God tells me about people to exercise. Some people don't want to hear about exercise, but they see the results. They're drawn to me because they see the results of my life exercising. But sometimes they don't want to do it themselves because they don't have the discipline. So therefore, it was a, you know, they, yes, I was inviting to them, but some things I had to share with them but to get them on track may not have felt tasty to them. But it still brought healing, okay? Now, cinnamon, a little different. Expensive, sweet-smelling, sweet-tasting. Look at this. Cinnamon brings out flavor in everything. Mm -hmm. And I mean, you put cinnamon in just about everything, and it brings out that flavor. It brings out that fragrance, that that spicy taste. It just makes you want to eat more, like cinnamon raisin bread, cinnamon bagels, cinnamon. I mean, you think about it. There are so many things that you put cinnamon on that we just make you want to just. <laughs> okay. Anyway. Let me tell you something about cinnamon. Yes, it's flavorful, but guess what it does? It repels blood-sucking mosquitoes. <laughs> it smells good and it tastes good, but also what it does, it becomes a protective measure against those who try to suck your blood away. So the Holy Spirit... <laughs> repels the vampire spirit. Repels, exactly. The Holy Spirit repels the vampire spirit. Those who try to suck your literally life away. The Bible says the life is in the blood. So there are people who around that will try to suck your life away. And the Holy Spirit, the anointing of God, will make you sweet smelling, sweet tasting, and preserve you from bloodsuckers, from vampires. Hallelujah. We need the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will give you a red flag in a minute. 
<laughs> to help you understand about various people. Yes, you're inviting. Yes, you're fragrant. Yes, you're this and that. But the Holy Spirit will warn you about people who you may not need to be engaged in. There's narcissists and sociopaths out there who will sit there and try to suck everything out of your life away. Many of, and unfortunately, many of those individuals are in religious circles where everything has to be taken from you in order to appease them. And the Holy Spirit is not about you losing everything, losing your life in order to make someone else's life greater. You lay down your lives for an abundant life. For an abundant life, but you don't sit there and Not have a your life. Not efficient life. Yeah. You don't. You don't. You don't sit there. We know what mosquitoes do. They pass viruses. When you get bit by mosquito, mosquito, you get that wet, and you, your blood is sucked away from you, and your blood is is taken out somewhere else. Mm -hmm. It's not. It's painful. The Holy Spirit will help drive away unnecessary pain in your life. Look at this. In Proverbs and the Song of Solomon, it discusses the royal bed and garments in the royal bedroom were lined with cinnamon spice. Don't get no ideas. <laughs> oh, we get ideas. <laughs> the bed and the clothing were lined with cinnamon spice. So what happens is, the Holy Spirit, God himself, is the greatest lover of all. And the cinnamon aspect of the anointing will make you a lover of people, not a hater of people. You can't sit there and say that you love God and hate people, prophet. I think that's very prophetic. Um... In the fact that if you think about it, if you're in um, Caribbean, right, you're in tropic places. Um, I remember when we went over to Trinidad, right? Mm -hmm. And in certain places, they had the netting right. to prevent the insects from getting to you, although some got to us. Um, but if you think about that, what you just said, in the royal bedchamber, in that most intimate place, that cinnamon is being used to protect those pestilences or those insects or those things that would suck you dry, mm -hmm. it's being used to protect in that very intimate place. Hallelujah. Even mm -hmm. that intimate place we go with God in the spirit, mm -hmm. he's keeping those things out of the spiritual bedchamber. Mm -hmm. That's good. So, yeah, I don't know about you, but just listening to the components of the oil, the components that represent and symbolize the spirit. I mean, I would want the Holy Spirit because I would want the spirit's ability to repel those things that try to come and to attack in my most intimate times with God. You know, mental warfare is one of the most largest component of people's mental health breakdowns. Mm -hmm. We said wellness was the act of practicing healthy habits on a daily basis to attain better physical and mental health outcomes. 
A lot of people are suffering in their mental health because they're not allowing the Spirit of God to preserve them from things that will suck their life away. Worry sucks life away. Fear sucks life away. Anxiety sucks life away. Those are blood suckers. Strife sucks life away. The Holy Spirit will preserve you. God, as, as he said through uh, Apostle Paul, he will give you perfect peace. Peace that passes every understanding in human life so that God can rest, rule, and abide in your life. And you don't have mental breakdowns. Yes, you can feel mental. Like for myself, last week, I was feeling mentally challenged with a few things. And I had a dream that just really began to try to literally be a mosquito to my spirit. But what God did, it had, there was, I reached out to one of those who has a spirit as well. And he stopped his busy, busy, busy schedule during this season of the year. He's extremely busy to reach out and relate to me. To hear the situation and to pray before God. And in that prayer, in that moment, there was a sweet smelling fragrance of God that descended upon us both, even though we're in different parts of the country, that helped bring healing and life and restoration and swatted away those various factors of things that were trying to take away, that were trying to suck my life away. Okay? So, listen. It's important to know that God is fragrant and his fragrance will help preserve you. Yes, prophet. And I just want to add to that, you know, when life comes at you, because it will, life happens to everyone. Time yes. and chance and opportunity happen to everyone. But the spirit resting in you mm -hmm. is what helps you to stand when life comes at you because it comes at you fast. Yes, it does. But the spirit that rests on the inside of you is what allows you to repel that which comes at you, mm. that comes to attack. Especially your mind. Yeah. All right? Because the mind is a terrible thing to, for, to be wasted, as the adage says. Okay? Now, the next ingredient here, oh, we have three more before I go on. So... At this point here, it is so much in this. Uh, what do I do? Do I go on or do I pause? Let, let's pause. Let's pause today. So I'll put this out as we'll do part four. Uh, praise God. Well, I pray you got something out of this today. Hallelujah. Just knowing that the anointing of God is fragrant. The anointing of God is healing. The anointing of God is protective. And the anointing of God invites, not repels people. So we know these things uh, and we can live and feel comfort in God knowing that when He, when we are anointed, it's not about just speaking in Hikamashiah, because you've got people speaking in tongues for the devil, causing double hockey sticks to the world, if you know what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. But at this point, I'm going to turn over to Prophet Shantae. And she can lead you out in our prayers and our closing comments for today. Hallelujah. Mm -hmm.
Hallelujah. Well, good afternoon, everybody, and thank you for tuning in. Um, very, very powerful word. I know that uh, Apostle is going to continue it on next week. We encourage you to go look at the um, holy anointing oil, um, the process and the and the ingredients, which is found in Exodus 30, uh, verses 22 to 33. We're going to pick up there, um, Lord willing, on next Sunday. Uh, very, very powerful word. I just want to um, go back to something that he said about the ingredients. We talked about how the Spirit of God brings life. The Spirit of God allows us to breathe. It allows us to live. It allows us to, um, to not be suffocated in life. He doesn't come to suffocate. He comes to provide space and room for people to breathe in freedom, in the freedom of the Spirit. So we're going to pray into this today. Um, so much was said, but I, I think that we just want to kind of hone on to into the fact that God's spirit is available to everyone and that he wants us to be fragrant. He wants us to be inviting to other people. So we're going to pray into that. And if you've been struggling in this area, you have found yourself maybe not being inviting. You found yourself maybe um, snapping at people, maybe being short of temper, right? You haven't found yourself being hospitable. You haven't found yourself being warm and kind and loving. We're going to pray into that on today, and I just invite you to join me. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your goodness today. We thank you for your mercy and your love and your kindness. Thank you for your truth on today, Father. We thank you, Lord, for the power of your Holy Spirit. Lord, we ask, Father, that we continue to bring our lives under the anointing that we allow the spirit that resides on the inside of us free will and access to our mind to our will and to our emotions father we know that the spirit is not going to uh, take over us unless we yield to the spirit it's not going to manhandle us and force us into an action or a behavior that we are not willing to align ourselves with. The Holy Spirit is within us to help us to do what is right, what is good, what is just, uh, what is merciful, what leads to peace, what leads to righteousness, what leads to love, what leads to empowerment, what leads to joy, what leads to hope. And so Father, my prayer today is that we would yield to the Holy Spirit that resides on the inside of us. And Father, every area of our life where we need to come up, every area of our life, Father God, where we need to um, invest more time in the spirit and less time in letting our carnal nature or our emotions that don't yield the fruit of the spirit, we need to spend less time in that. Help us to yield to the Holy Spirit. Help us to yield to the voice of the Spirit that tells us to stop, to pay attention, to slow down, to speak kindly, to withhold certain things that we might want to say. Help us to yield to the fragrant one on the inside of us. Father, let us not 
be those who carry the perfume but never open it up. Oh, Jesus. Let us not be those, Father, who have the fragrance of God available, not only to ourselves but to others, but we withhold that fragrance. Oh, Jesus. And we don't allow that fragrance to permeate our life and our experience with other people. Lord, that when people encounter us, Father, let it be that they encounter the love, that they encounter faith, that they encounter truth, that they encounter mercy, that they encounter love, that they encounter joy, that they encounter empathy and understanding. Help us, God, to be that fragrant vessel in the earth. It is in your son Jesus' name we do pray and believe. Amen and amen. Amen. Well, I want to thank you for um, joining us today. And I pray that if the Lord leads you, that you will support us in our global work. Um, you can check our page. It has different ways that you can support the ministry. And we are also on anchor.fm, our podcast by the same name, Sunday Dialogues, um, Daring Dialogues. Uh, you can look us up on anchor.fm. Thank you all again for your time and attention, and we pray that you'll be blessed. Take care, and God bless you always.